Welcome back to the Saturday School Podcast, a show for educational leaders and really anyone and everyone trying to do great things in education. In this episode, we're going to follow up on our discussion from last time with the top ed leadership articles from 2021. And I am really anxious to hear what Cindy, what you have to say about them. How are you doing? Hey, Julie, great to be here again. I'm doing great. These were awesome articles and really not only great articles to reflect on 2021, but also to jumpstart us as we get going in 2022. Awesome topics. And I think we'll find as we talk through these today, I think what we'll find is, hey, we knew this. We just needed to reflect on it and really think of how to carry it out. Or, hey, that makes sense and is just plain good practice, it's time to get going with it. Yeah, I love that we're gonna reflect on it because that's where we have the most growth. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I love the coach that always comes out and right? you're, you're so right. This is this time period, yep, let's reflect on it and let's grow from it, I love it. So what was the most pressing article or which one did you think was most interesting or most relevant? Absolutely. Okay. So I would say the one that I was absolutely hooked on, and this is hard to say because they were all five awesome. And I want to make sure to mention them all before we're done today. But the one that I was hooked on was five changes, five shifts, and five implications for what's next in education. And this one, fantastic. I'll just quickly summarize the ideas that were brought up with changes. It was the idea that now we need to make sure every student has a device. Now we need to make sure that there is access everywhere. Learning management systems are in place and consistent. Hybrid and online learning, big change brought on, of course, that our teachers really had to jump in the deep end with. And team or collaborative teaching where that's being that was being done many places. We know not everywhere. And this pushed our teachers to jump into that. That yeah. even the changes, I'm just thinking about in my district, there were a lot of the things that we were already doing, but that just set us up for greater success, I think, with the shifts that we had to make or the changes that we had to make. But those were kind of like what we were talking about last time with the desperation of things. It's like, yes. we have to use what works and we know that the technology and even the learning management system, I think that is so important. Even as kids graduate from high school and move on into this post-secondary world. Mm -hmm. I think of what the learning management system to build off of that we'd been using Google Classroom at the school that that I work with. In addition to that, there was also Canvas. There, there was also a few other things here and there and where those were great. Streamlining the learning management system was a big help for our students and just built upon that idea of good teaching that was already there of let's be consistent and not force students to have to figure out all the different learning management systems and instead stick with one. Agreed, 100%. Yeah, so that was one of those those things of, like I said, just good teaching. The access point I, I think was really interesting to read about because it took me back to March, April, May of 2020 when we found out that there were many students in our district who did not have dependable internet access and a number of educators in our district who did not have dependable internet access. How did you find out about that? What we began to do, of course, I think hmm, just two weeks into the closure was put out optional lessons and optional learning activities 
for students to do. And so some of our teachers said, hey, in doing this, I'm not going to be able to work very well at home because my internet access isn't great or my spouse and my two kids are at home right now using the internet. So it's especially not great. Can I be in the school doing it? And then at the same time, what we started doing right away is tracking communication with kids to make sure that every single one of our students was having connections with educators every week and we were missing some students. And so when we reached out, they said, well, I don't have internet access so i don't hear from anyone or know what's going on unless you call me on the phone i gotcha yeah and what it, tell me about your experience with with any of those things anything stand out to you no i don't remember i mean i'm i know that there were access issues i'm sure but it, i just didn't directly deal with it or didn't come my way so i'm not sure entirely but it's definitely an interesting time period i think for all of us to test i i know even in my my house when my husband would be working and uh, streaming something while on a meeting with somebody and I would be on a Zoom call with somebody and then all of a sudden you'd have some freezing issues. It sure tested everything, yeah, huh? Exactly. That one, that was good for us to really jump forward quickly with making sure that we ask those important questions of students when they were out of school or are out of school for anything. And our technology director was just outstanding at jumping on that. And so one of the questions we ask even now if a student has to be out for extended time is how is your internet access? And here's some options we have that we can help with. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, we should just pause and give a shout out to all the tech directors <laughs> throughout the country because they have had a whirlwind and just amazing workload and have come through for us fantastically. Absolutely. Absolutely. The things that they have done to reach children these past couple of years, amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Another one of those to, to jump to collaborative teaching. That was really fun to see. I have to say our teachers were well on their way to productive collaborative teaching where our American history teachers work together and plan out and really question the best types of assessments to use and, and how to gather feedback as they go and really cemented a lot of those relationships between teachers. It was fun to see the difficult time bring teachers together and have them say, hey, let's work on, let's work on this collaboratively and find the best way to reach students. And that's where you see your foundation for PLCs, right? Mm -hmm. So if you already had PLCs in place, which I think most schools do, then mm -hmm. that just solidified that relationship. Absolutely. Another thing that had been in place for quite some time now really was utilized to the fullest and validated as a good practice. Mm -hmm. Moving moving on in this article, and this article was written by Tom Vander Ark, by the way. The next thing he touched on was five shifts for what's next in education. And one of the topics here, really, he touched on the whole, the idea of working with students and looking at the idea of whole child or some districts use portrait of a graduate, uh, social emotional learning piece, going beyond the test scores, going beyond the grades and all of that. We've been working on that in education for quite some time now. But again, this time period has really solidified the importance. Absolutely. I, I think it, it's been nice to see colleges during this time looking at it differently too because we know to go to that whole child idea there's so much more than that one test score and as far as an indicator of how far a young adult will go after high school 
isn't necessarily that dependable. Whereas, whereas when we look at, I, I know our district has jumped into portrait of a graduate. When we look, look at some of those ideas of global citizenship, communication, collaboration, critical thinking, creativity, that's where not only does that mean this, our kids will go on to make an impact out there, but they'll go on to be happy, healthy human beings. And that's our hope. And to hit that social emotional learning piece, more and more schools are finding ways to integrate that into the classroom. And I think those pieces have more value than any given grade or test score that you have. Mm -hmm. That tells you much more about the student as a person and what their potential is as a citizen and a worker and a Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, I, I know when I think of my wishes and my prayers for my own children, it's that they are happy and healthy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the success looks so many different ways, but if my children are ha- happy and healthy, I'm, I'm pretty happy. That's, that to me is them being successful. And I think that we're really, as a society, we're more and more taking a step back and looking at that and finding that to be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Another piece that was brought up in five shifts was equity work, of course, and that one has just come to the forefront. I mean, it's been really enlightening to hear about it and the ways of people ensuring that in classrooms, there's literature that reaches and relates to all students in the classroom and that there's discussions that all students can feel a part of in the classroom. I know there's that shift of not only COVID, but other things in the world that have shifted our perspective on things, I think is a good indicator for schools and what we can do in our schools. Mm-hmm. In the article, it was referenced as credentialed learning. I know in Iowa, it makes me think of the Future Ready initiative, helping students earn certifications, um, look into or go into apprenticeships, walk out of high school with skills already attained that they can go right into the job force with if they want to, or be heading towards a certification, be heading towards a specific training and employment. And, and that's been really exciting to see. I've absolutely loved watching the state of Iowa really support that. And, and Iowa has for a number of years here, but it's just, just been more of a topic lately. And I look at say our school board and other school boards and more and more are asking about it and are excited about it. And that's awesome. It's really good for our kids. It is. And I was going to tell you, we have a teacher on our staff who's starting a club that is already happening in Iowa that I didn't even know about, but it's called Technology Student Association, TSA. Okay. Have you heard of that? I have from another district. We don't have it, but I have from another, a neighboring district of ours, but that's really exciting for you. So they can do competitions and they have different things that are STEM related, but it makes me think that that's all interrelated with the Future Ready Iowa stuff. Mm -hmm. Going on to five implications that were mentioned in this article. One of them, the idea of being learner-centered, student-centered, I think in part one, we talked a little bit about that idea of going to the students and asking them how they're doing and what they need. And so I, I think that's just an awesome connected connection. And oh, that's right, we did. We talked about the idea of student voice yeah. being more important or more, not more important, but probably more recognized now than ever before. Yeah, and finding ways to get that student voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. That could be a whole nother podcast that we explore. I like how you put that finding ways to get that single voice. Mm -hmm. That one was there. Okay. So this next one, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this implication for what's next in education that was mentioned. Onboard talent, meaning that when we're, as we're bringing in new teachers this year, for example, the um, article talked about the idea that we have to do even more training than ever before. Those teachers who are new right now, you know, there's a lot more than ever before they need to know. And where that may absolutely be true, I will also say, actually, I think right now it may be harder to be a veteran teacher mm -hmm. because there has been such a shift in education in the past couple of years that veteran teachers not only have to do the new learning for so many things, they need to find out how to either tweak or toss aside what they've known and been doing before. So yeah, whatever has been, this is what we've always done, then that isn't necessarily going to be the case. Um, that reminds me too, I'm doing a book study with some other coaches about coaching for educator wellness. And the, the, one of the chapters was about onboarding new staff. And it's like, there is so much stuff what do, what is most important for you to share with them in that first few days or first week? Like, do they need to know everything all at once? But, and so then the coaches and I thought about like, what is the feeling that you want those new teachers to come away with? And I think we want them to be supported, feel supported, welcomed, and like ready day one, right? So some of those things that we, that are big ideas that we don't need to know on the first day. Do we need to do that then? Or can we shift it to another time? I hope that that is a nugget that a lot of people take away from this discussion today. What you just said was, what is the feeling we want those new teachers to walk away with today? Mm -hmm. I think that question is great because there's so much for new teachers to know. It's, we always say it's, it's what they have to know and figure out and be ready for when students walk into their classroom that first day of school, Oof, it, it, it's a list, it's pages. But that idea of what you said is, what is the feeling we want them to walk away with? That is awesome. And then not only new teachers, but our veteran teachers too, so. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, I, not surprising, probably, <laughs> have talked us right to our time. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that was an awesome article. It was full of nuggets. Yes, it was that one article was so real quick. And I don't know if this will make it in or not, but real quick, I'll do a quick shout out to some other things in, in this one, the tech integration piece for in-person instruction and online instruction. That was a Monica Burns article. And Monica Burns is just a great person to follow on social media if you don't anyway, because she has so many good things to share. There was a really good one about anxiety that I think maybe that article and that topic, we could almost talk about some other time with social emotional learning because there's really good tips there in the article about engaging students with anxiety. There's a great one about coaching. Oh, and then a great one about compassionate discipline, another awesome topic. So, so many good things there, so many good things to take away from these articles. There is, thanks for sharing those. Yeah, that was really fun. Thanks everybody for listening in. And as always, we hope you take away one good nugget. There were sure a ton in here and we can't wait to talk to you next time.